Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in our world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman. I'm Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us today is Francis Ralston. Good. How are you doing, Francis? I'm doing great, thank you. It's lovely to have you here. So Francis is a global client president at Mediacom, having previously been CEO of Omnicom's Hearts and Science, as well as Chief Strategy and Innovation Officer at OMG. And of course, as well as starting your career at the media business, which was the uh, one of the companies that became Mediacom. So um, uh, you came home. That's right. Sue uh, was my first boss, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, for better I, and for worse. <laughs> no, it was good. And uh, I, I remember the interview still. And I remember oh, wow. we talked about a Tag Heuer ad and, uh, because it motivated me because you wanted to know what it was that I liked about advertising. And I told you about an ad I had on my wall at, at university. And it was about... Um, repeating the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome was the definition of obsession. And it was a great line for TAG, but yeah. it was also obviously quite an interesting conversation about us and our personalities, perhaps. But, you know, doing things obsessively, and we can come on to that later. But, um, yeah, I can remember the interview, Sue. I can remember it. Yeah. Uh, well, and and you had an answer because, I mean, for anybody out there who wants to work in advertising... I have interviewed people, as I'm sure you have and Andrew has since then, and gone, can you name an advert you like? And people look at you and go, what? Oh, my goodness. And, um, anyway, it's been about a year since you came back um, and took over as our global lead on G. How's yeah. it been? Uh, well, it's astonishing to think it's been a year, isn't it? Mm. I mean, I, I think I think COVID is um, also, you know, it's the longest day and the shortest day in all of our lives. I was going to say because it feels to me like you never had, you never left. Yeah, now, no, as well, which is uh, weird. I, you know, someone once said to me in my career, a guy called John Wilkins, who I I really admire. He always said to me, "Never go back, never go back." And um, I did go back to somewhere else actually, which I won't talk about. But um, I don't regret this in any way, shape, or form. And and it's been a bit. I know you get that whole drinking the Kool-Aid thing, but I, I really I really have totally drunk the Kool-Aid and um, talking to you again, Sue, and, and Nick and Steve as well about the belief in the people first. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely embedded. And I was in a meeting, I won't mention any names, but um, with the most senior people in our organisation and everybody had a had a view that was respected and listened to. And I cannot tell you, <laughs> I cannot tell you how special that is to to not have um, senior stakeholders kind of just overriding or, or undermining even a, a different perspective or point of view, even quite aggressively put ones. And and I've I've been experiencing that since I've started here, and it's been fantastic. I I love that about Mediacom. It's brilliant. Good to hear. I mean, you know, I always say. The person, the most important person in the in the room, is the person with with good ideas and a good opinion. And that's, I think, that's that's yeah. Seems seems obvious to me. No, I well, you know what? I know it seems obvious to you, Sue, and that's why Mediacom's great. <laughs> um, but the, the the kind of the 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 role itself um, was a real shift for me because I kind of made massive shift. Yeah, I kind of. 
it's interesting running a UK P&L and then going into a global role with a completely different setup. I kind of had the attitude that um, I wanted to understand how global clients were thinking about things because a lot of their needs and wants were shaping the organisation that I was sitting in. And I wanted to understand them from the horse's mouth. Mm. And that was a really big driver. And getting the, the travel side, I was a bit worried about but actually has been great. I've I've absolutely loved um, going and seeing how we operate and how people operate in different different markets and, and different cultures and then different, the actual national culture affecting the business culture um, has been really, really fascinating. It's kind of been like a sociological experience, you know? Um, so I've loved that. I've gone around the world a couple of times. In the first in the first three months, I think I went around the world twice, which is crazy considering I, you know, I travelled a bit in Europe before, but nothing like that. And then everything else has been, like you say, there's been a kind of, you know, have you heard about this thing called mutual genetic attraction, Sue? No. You know, um, it's a bit it's a bit creepy. You might want to edit this out, Andrew. Um, apparently, when when um, it happens when uh, children or family members who've been separated at birth and brought up in completely different environments meet one another mm-hmm. and they feel a bond. And sometimes it actually crosses over, actually, into an inappropriate relationship. But they don't know. They don't know their brother and sister. They don't know their... That has that has how I felt within, within within. And I don't mean to be creepy about it, but it's kind of just like there's a kind of just an understanding there. And every person I've met within our organisation, and actually the clients that we have, because there's a kind of there's a mutuality there as well that grows between ourselves and our clients, mm-hmm. is just resonant for me. And um, the way that people are um, answer questions and are really forthright in their opinions. I'm finding that so refreshing. I don't think that's global. I think that's I think that's Mediacom. Um, as I as I said, total Kool Aid. Um, that wasn't my experience in um, some other organisations. So yeah, I, I mean that's I, really good to hear. I mean it's, it resonates with something that Josh Kraszewski once said, which is that he said when he came back came joined Mediacom, he felt like he'd come home. Yeah, and and I guess that you're saying you're saying a version of that. Yeah, did you? Did you hear what you expected when you see so you went on this big kind of listening kind of round the world mm. tour? Did you hear what you expected to hear? Uh, no, I um, because I'm quite a I'm kind of kind of quite a bottom up sort of I'm a systems thinker. That's another thing reason I like Mediacom because everything's connected. You know that's that's something. Yeah, um, but even so, I the the impact of of culture on pe- and people, the people within the system never cease to astonish me in terms of their perspective and also what's driving some of their um, the way that they show up or the way that they solve problems or the way they present their answers to their problems. There's such a lot of um, social context, if you like. And that that surprised me because I've always lived in my head, if you like. I've been a sort of brain person Mm. Um, that that kind of. Well, you know, you're a thinker. So tell us Mm. your thoughts. But the consideration of how that's presented and and the way you do or don't say things in certain cultures Mm -hmm. 
I was surprised by. And I think that was ignorance on my part. That wasn't about me having a different sort of, um, I just had a, I guess you'd call it a Northern European perspective, I guess. Um, and I found that surprising and illuminating. Um, you know, uh, the importance of kinship in some of the Asian markets, right? And relationships and kind of family connections are so important in business as well as just here's the answer to your problem. So I found that surprising. And um, but from clients? On Did you, I mean, so you said you went out to kind of hear yeah. what, from the horse's mouth, what, yeah. what yeah. Um, the this it becomes more um, it becomes more elementary. It, and I, I don't mean that. In a, or or more fundamental, rather not elementary. More about the fundamentals, and uh, it's there is clarity there. And although um, in market um, you, there's a lot of kind of philosophizing around things mm. uh, a lot of the regional regional clients they want the fundamentals and for us organizationally and as individuals to actually stick to fundamentals and to set the point you made earlier Sue, to actually have some specific goals in mind is really really important clarity and focus becomes unbelievably important so that was actually really clear and then our and then us getting in the way of ourselves or them getting in the way of themselves is, is the biggest kind of barrier I guess we face in that respect. So yeah, I, I found that and then beyond that every the the, the the universal truth is everybody wants to connect, don't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they want to feel a sense of understanding coming across the table. And I've been reading a lot lately, I'm sure you have too, about remote working. Mm-hmm. And I've gone up and down about, you know, yeah, this is great. We can work from home. But there's something there's something essential about actually seeing someone in the flesh and reading the body language and feeling a sense of connection. So I, I think uh, clients are looking for that because they're human beings, aren't they? I, I mean, I've just been on holiday, Sue. So I've been reading, as I said to you earlier, I've been reading a lot about psychotherapy as well. And uh, the human condition within the system that we call the work environment as well. It overrides everything. You know, you can call it fast and slow thinking. You can call it a, you know, a thinking, B thinking, but that emotional connection. And in new business as well, which we, we, we can talk about too. Mm. If, they don't trust, if people don't trust one another or feel a sense of connection. We're going to have to reinvent though, aren't we? I mean, things aren't going to be back to... That we work. I mean, well, there's the if we get if we get the um, the uh, inoculation, then yeah. we may. Um, but I think a balance would be good. I think there's a lot of people talking about three and two now, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, and that works. And there's also a question to be asked about now that we know we can jump on a on a on a video oh. call. Yeah. Is it justifiable to get on a plane and go to you know Singapore? And for for sustainability. A oh, climate right. sustainability perspective rather than um, any others. In, in, anyway, we, must, we could talk all day, but Andrew. Well, well, I do think that commoditizes further, though, is the other concern I would have about that, is the distance, the physical distance and, and the lack of kind of uh, shared experience, which is the basis of any relationship, just starts to be eroded. And alongside everything else that we're doing, it just adds to the commoditization of a of a 
media buying service if you want to be really fundamental about it. That concerns me. Which is hence the reinvention and reimagination. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I feel like how we work is based on 19th century office etiquette. Yeah. And it's past time that we started to reimagine it. But I think that requires, as I say, reimagination, reinvention, not just adaption. Yeah. And also the formality of our clients, right? Because some of our clients or many, many of our clients, particularly the global ones, they, there's a formality to them that, that doesn't, you know, if you can have a conversation like this, you know, cards mm-hmm. on the table and kind of seeing one another and listening to one another, um, that's very different to some of the formal settings that we find ourselves in. And that is a barrier to the mm-hmm. kind of revolution, if you like. And I've been talking to... Um, I've got a friend who I've got a real girl girl fanship. She she's New Zealander and she works with Jacinda. So I keep trying to ask if I can meet Jacinda. It's really pathetic. Um, she's not busy. Yeah, well, she she does talk about how it is that you know we are all operating and you know to bring gender into it for a second. You know, we're operating within a something that was built for somebody else. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and that's physically, emotionally, <laughs> in yeah. every way that we communicate. Um, and anyone with a different life experience, it's not you have to fit into that hole. Um, no, it's not. I mean, as 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 we said in the glass wall, the normality of the workplace is not normal. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. designed for a workaholic, patriarchal, alpha male of a certain age yeah. with a stay-at-home partner. Yeah. And I think also the output conversation is really interesting as well, because something I did a lot of in my last role was around that, was around outputs. And because I, one of the things I realised as I, as I went through, all the women were coming in and formally requesting time, flexible working because mm-hmm. of kids arriving and stuff. And the guys were just saying, I'm working from home tomorrow. Yeah. And so the women were having have, having to have a formal agreement with the agent's HR, yeah. and so it and it is this. There's just a and that's no that's no criticism of anyone at all. It was just I was just astounded by it, and it just the, the guys just said, "Well, I'm I'm just I'm not going to be in tomorrow or day, but I'll I'll deliver the output." And I was like, "Brilliant! Well, you can all do that." <laughs> <laughs> and we are doing that, in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, work where you where you need to as long as you get your outputs. So I totally buy into that. Uh, Francis, so you you you've touched on it already, but how do you stay on top of a business? I mean, you're leading our PNG account, so how do you lead that business in its sheer as, scale as, and as, breadth? as many as well as other accounts as well? And other accounts, yeah, yeah, of course, which you've taken on over the last year. But how how do you do that? Because for me, it seems overwhelming and I, I just don't feel like I could keep on top of it. So how would how do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> ask my team and ask my clients. <laughs> uh, say to um, uh, uh, my, I, I have no idea if this is the way I do it is I actually get myself a little plan. I kind of set an agenda. Having listened to the client and also looked at what we're doing. Um, I basically set myself some little milestones and actually work to that that agenda. So rather than necessarily trying to keep contact with every single thing, I can make I can make um, I can assume I make some assumptions that things will be escalated if they need escalation. 
but I, I see my role as actually driving an agenda that, that, that helps the client and therefore helps us um, to grow, have you define growth. Um, and that's how I do it. Um, and it become as, as I said to Sue, in some ways, because these global clients are about fundamentals, it is about just getting through all the all the interference to the fundamentals and then delivering to the fundamentals. To simplify, you're saying. Yeah. Prioritise, execute. Because there are there are so many there are so many eddies and there are interesting things as well that kind of take you off track and you need to go and pursue them and have a dig around in them. Um, and you also need to have obviously, which I do, and that's thanks to my predecessor as well. You know, fantastic team in there. Um, I think you, I'm a big believer in operations, though. So if you've got really good grip on operations, then you can go off road. <laughs> um, and I, that's something I've brought from agency management. I think agency management and country based management, because you run a P&L, you, you know that everything's connected. You can see that it is. And I would have said maybe something I bring that is different, perhaps you'd have to speak to the other guys. Is is that I I look for those other. I don't just say right. Well, I'm just looking after the relationship and making sure we hit our buying targets. Do you, do you know what I mean? So I'm very conscious of that, and I brought that forward from um, my other role. So you start starts to hint at this as well. But what are the skills that have led you to being so successful and, and getting such an amazing array, a range of, of roles? I mean, I can, I can offer one up because I do remember this. I do remember from um, your interview and from working with you, which is you were a fe- you were a fencer at kind of yeah. university level, yeah. Yeah, I was. Cut and thrust. You were used to that. Bless you for remembering that, Sue. Yeah, I was, and I was always. I was. I do get. Re- I do really geek out on things, which we'll talk about later in the comedy section of the <laughs> conversation. But um, I, I love. I love that. I love the mar- that martial and the control of it as well, and the precision of it. And you know, this sounds really cheesy, but you know, the flow in sports, right? Yeah. That that is that is something that is so weird. It's such a weird thing. It only happened twice for me. And then you can, okay. it, everything slows down. You can yeah. see the spaces. It doesn't really matter what your opponent does. You can, you can get through. And that does happen in, um, in work as well. And I seek that. You know, when everything's working together. So you can then say, right, we're going to yeah. leap forward as a team. I've just, I've just been, um, and I'm going to, I'm about to blog about it actually, but I've been, I've been geeking out on Ronnie O'Sullivan and the snooker. And he did an interview after winning the semi, but coming from behind. Mm. Um, and the interviewer was going, oh, that's brilliant. You're going to be in the final. Isn't that amazing? And he went, no, he went, it's all about the cue action. It's all about the cue action. It's not about winning. It's not about stories. Yeah. It's about, it's about, are you, uh, am I happy playing? He went, if I'm, if I'm happy playing, then I'll play all day. If it's a struggle, then there's really no point. And, I just that thing that you're talking about it just applies to all of us doesn't it it's kind of how do you get on in your career find that flow that's exactly it and you know what it's a really interesting observation because I'd say that's what's led me by the nose yeah Uh, and you know it is a bit it is a bit zigzag Mm -hmm. and if I can't and if I can't get it if I can't get that flow then I look for something that will 
you know, you talked about what I've done in the past. I've also looked at things at spaces where pe- the connections aren't being made. And I've always written my own job. This is the only job I've ever had where I haven't written my own job description. I'm going to write an, I'm going to write a new one next, I expect. But um, every every role I've had in the last decade, I've basically dissented. I've I've said this is this is what we need. So um, you and me both actually have to say. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. I've been inventing that's jobs. Really interesting. You know, uh, uh, the, the, I think at the end of the day, you talked earlier about people knowing about advertising or not. I think there's another there's another really important distinction. It's the people that are thrilled by a blank sheet of paper versus the people that are horrified by it. Yeah. And I am thrilled by a blank sheet of paper. I, 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 yes, I agree. That's that's all you need, is it? And and there's been times in my career where people have said to me, "How do we do this?" And I've said, "Oh, you just get a blank sheet of paper." And they've looked at me <laughs> like, like like I'm insane. Yes, yes, well, yes. This yes. is neatly leading into the next question about what advice you would give to someone starting out in the industry. Well, let's give them this blank paper advice. What do you mean? When you start with a blank paper, what situations can it be applied to? How how would I use it today? How would someone use it tomorrow? Um, I'm I'm forever interested in this. By the way, there's been a lot of blurb about this lately about you know applying strategy to your own job, your your own career, and uh, there's really simple things like lenses. You know, looking at looking at category, brand, consumer. You know, and and then just analysing it and doodling. I mean, doodling or noodling is another big part of it as well. And then coming back to it and going away from it. So advice coming into the business. Um, well, just look around is, is kind of <laughs> it's hard. And, and also because this is the way I see the world, I'm afraid it's, it's just look at this. Look for the disconnections in the connections and where they work and where they don't work. And then. Everyone says this, but this is so essential is the curiosity piece. Mm. You know, you you asked me later about, you know, what's the most important thing you could do in the industry now? I was like, get everyone to buy a campaign, for God's sake. You know, going out and speaking, this detachment, the gaps that are popping up everywhere, that's a problem for our business, but it's an opportunity for us as individuals if you can connect the dots. The second thing I would say, and it's quite difficult, um, I think this is quite gendered as well. Um, become known for something, mm. find something, and then put your name to it. And again, this is my observation and experience. Um, women in particular, young women in particular, historically, in my experience, have been less prepared to kind of stand up and say, I have this perspective and I'm going to argue it and I'm going to push it forward. Um, and if you do that, my observation is then you become known for it and then that opens up opportunity. So that would be the example of what happened with the innovation role at OMG because I was the MD of PhD at the time and all the, all of the um, programmatic data, DMPs, everything else was all housed centrally and none of it was none of it was in the agency and none of it was in front of clients and none of it was productized. So it was pretty easy for me to write a brief for myself saying clients need to see it or people need to understand it. We need to cost it and we need to get it out in front of clients. And that was really fascinating to me as well. And that I was prepared to step off the career ladder to do that, actually, because I was so. um, And it also felt very it was only one type of person in that space. 
and this is very press this is very relevant in this but i also knew i could i, I was self-aware enough to go if you can say something interesting and you are different from everyone else mm. you know, everyone was trading everyone was trading in that space at the time then you offered something new and something different and a different way to engage and that was good for me mm. so it can be quite frightening to, to pioneer if you like but um I, I think many times the barriers are actually in your own mind mm-hmm. uh, within reason right so um you know going into an environment that was owned by trading and buyers and owned by a certain type of person that all looked the same talked the same sort looked at the same looked the same way and then saying well actually no let's turn it into something which is client facing and helps our people and moves our business forward was was good for me and good for them so yeah I mean, that's a very long-winded answer to your question, Andrew. Sorry. No, 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 I think it's I important. I just go off on a ramble. Um, but and anyone, I, if you can do that, there's so much opportunity. Where, 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 are, the, where are the connections? Where are the, where are the misfires? Where are the things where everyone is talking the same way? And then having the kind of, you don't even need self-belief, you know, fake it till you make it. Step into that space and trust your own ability because you wouldn't have a role in the first place in an organisation because we are very testing now of people coming into our organisation. You're great. Step into it and, and develop a perspective. Um, yeah. So what's next? Well, oh. uh, uh, well, I've been thinking a lot about this and I was thinking about it's more about what's next for all of us, really. Mm-hmm. Um we're 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 evolving really quickly, aren't we, as an organisation? I'm sure we're all involved in lots of transformational projects at the moment. Ways that we work. I, I saw your your thing, Sue, on um, agile. Mm-hmm. Very good. You're going to lo- love agile. I, if, if, if. I, I'm there already. I've, 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 you and I can chat about agile. I did agile, and uh, we, I'm, I'm up I'm up for it. But you're a master, aren't you? So I, I'll be your pupil. Um, well, no, it's uh, but at the time she comes. I'm sure you, you uh, that's not the case, but I think the um, the transformation that that's bringing to the teams in the UK who are in the pilot is just yeah. quite extraordinary. I mean, yeah. Not, yeah. It is not incremental yeah. um, transformation. It is, it's, you know what I love about that? So what next for, I mean, this is the what next for us, but also a hope rather than a what next for me is I, I absolutely know if you change the strategy for a business without changing changing the structure and the ways of working, it doesn't work. Yeah. And vice versa. So you have to do them hand in club. You you change the ways of working as well as what you work on at the same time and your overall vision. And those that is hugely difficult. But I think that's what we're going to do. That's and that's the point we're coming yeah. to, isn't it? Yeah, and if we do that, we you, you asked me also about what would you get rid of in the business, and I went a bit esoteric again. But the biggest issue for us is legacy, obviously, and that's why this transformation that people like Sue are pioneering, actually, and all of us have to pioneer, is you have to be open to new ways of working and actually delivering different things to clients. That one of the tedious things for all of us is we're not we're not paid to create PowerPoint. We're paid to advise and to, and this is what I've learned from Global. The clients aren't paid to sit through our PowerPoint. Oh, <laughs> there you go. And to pull things down to the fundamentals. Could we, you know, as part of Agile, could we create 
one pages which are you know it's like the you know the Churchill the famous Churchillian phrase or misquote you know if I'd had longer it would have been shorter can we distill our thinking so it's still potent and and compelling and well evidenced and convincing into one page and not rely on 60 pages of leading people through a trail of breadcrumbs to to a revelation about how they should use their money to uh, use media I would love to achieve that that's that's on my actually one of the one of the pilots um they are their weekly status meetings with the client are in the Kanban so that they are doing to an extent they're doing just that they're just fully partnering on work in progress so what's changed on to our regular questions now Francis (laughs) So we can compare and contrast all our different guests. So what is your favourite line from a poem, a song or a book? Oh, God. Right, now, there's two, there's two things, right? I've got to talk to you about two things here. So, oh, again, Andrew after. doesn't allow two things. Oh, doesn't he? No. Does he? Oh, well, we can, we can talk about we can hear them. We can talk about them, but they you have to can edit me out, right? There's two things. The one thing I, I've got in my mind the whole time is um, the um, poem High Flight by John... Gillespie McGee and it's it's the it's the um, poem that was quoted also by Ronald Reagan when the Challenger disaster happened and he was a pilot in the in the Second World War and um, he died in a in an accident in 1941 but um sounding grim but keep going it's beautiful it's beautiful right so here you go um so uh I've I've slipped the the surly bonds of and dance the skies on lighted silvered wings. Sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun-split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of. Wheeled and soared and swung, high in the silence, hovering there, I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up the delirious burning blue, I've topped the wind-swept heights with easy grace, where never lark or eagle flew. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high untrespassed sanctity of space, put out my hand and touched the face of God. Anyway, that wasn't a line, that was a whole poem. But the, 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 that is, Sue, that is about the spaces we talked about, that's about flow, that's about people who've had these elevated experiences and... Uh, and also the fact that the reason I love that poem so much is is it resonates across, you know, I don't agree with Ronald Reagan's politics, but when he used that to describe the fact that, that the heroics of those guys on Challenger, they touched the face of God and they had they had escaped earthly bound bonds. I, I love that. I love that. And the other one is the unbearable lightness of being, which I'm shoving in because I'm obsessed with that. Just that line, just that yeah, title. So which one are you choosing? Joy. The latter, then, because it's it's a line. Otherwise, you're gonna to have to choose a line. Yeah. We're very strict with our rules. You've got to have structure. Brutal. No, no, I understand. You're being you're being very trashy about sacrifice, right? Okay. Okay. Oh God. I think the unbearable lightness of being is just gonna confuse people. So it's gonna to have to be. Done a hundred things you've not dreamed of, wheeled and sawed and swung. How's that? That is lovely. Thank you. 
So, thank you. If you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? <laughs> I'm looking at my notes now. Right. And they have to be commonly available as well. This is we're quite strict about this. Can't one of them be an album? That's common. Yeah, yeah. Available. Yeah, uh, yeah, if I can get hold of it, yeah. Lloyd Cole. Lloyd Cole. The mm-hmm. album. Vinyl. Yeah, on yeah no, that's that's fine. I can get hold of that. Has, yeah. has to be vinyl, right? Um, the Christmas the Christmas pub quiz, um, from my local pub. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Three time three time winner. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! You need <laughs> to go to a harder quiz, yeah. Francis. You're <laughs> the smartest person in the room. <laughs> I'm not competitive at no, all. I'm not sure. Um, Notorious, the uh, the Hitchcock movie, best of all time. Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant. Amazing. One of the yes. longest continuous um, pans in movie history. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I would I would uh, also say so that's three, isn't it? I think yeah. fourth one um, would have to be uh, my notebook. A, a notebook. Yeah, any a. notebook, any piece of paper. Any blank piece of paper, Sue? Do you, do you, do you, blank, as in, but like, because I have a thing about lined notebooks versus blank notebooks. I I can't I operate like, with a lined notebook. I like squares. You like squares? Okay, we'll get you squares. Because I like squares that I can doodle on as well. Um, and uh, I think that's four, isn't it? And then the fifth one has to be something to do with food. Um, yeah. Has to be something to do with uh, Vietnamese noodle soup. Some kind of fur kit. Brilliant. Good. Uh, we we we're locked down. We've been in lockdown. We're all stuck in our houses. So assuming that everything that's alive in your house is giving you pleasure, but what three things in your house specific are giving you things, specific? Yeah. yeah. My pillow on my bed. Mm. I I was happy. I was on holiday and I was thinking, where is my pillow? So well, then, uh, I, I I need that. That was really one of the th- things. Uh, the the Sky team took to the Tour de France, wasn't it? They they took oh, pillow. individuals' pillows because it's 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 just such a comfort, isn't it? It's essential. It's essential. Um, I think what flat pillow or big pillow? It's got to be a it's got to be a feather pillow. It's got to be a thin one, not one of those fancy fancy schmancy things. Um, it's got to be a feather pillow. Um, so that's. I mean, I, I I have to say, I really like thin pillows, and you never get them in hotels. Yeah. And I and in fact I I have hung on to pillows long past there. We've replaced all the other ones, but just because it's the perfect thinness. So it's it's a thing, right? It yeah, totally is a sure. thing. It's very very restful. Um, so that's very very comforting. Um, I uh, I'm going to sound like a really old lady. We've got um, we've got we live in quite an old house, so we've got lots of throws and blankets hung over sofas and things. So, again, there's, there's a lot of material involved in these comfortable things, isn't there? I do like to wrap myself up in that whilst watching a... Watching is a, there, is there a, can you describe it to us? Your it's favorite. a herringbone, a herringbone kind of national trust, <laughs> kind of green and cream with a green... Very English. Yeah, it's quite scratchy. Um, but then if you kind of, if you can get through the scratch, it then becomes toasty. And um, and then the dog can sit on top and it's, it's hmm. it, we're happy. That's third. I'm being very specific about my comfortable things, aren't I? Um, and then uh, the last thing is is just a nice a nice um, cashmere jumper. Even when I was earning ten quid, I would save up for one of those. So again, what's your favourite one look like? I've got a grey hooded one. 
that I can, I can I can dress it up or I can dress it down, Sue. I can wear it under a leather jacket if I'm trying to uh, kind of get hip with it, or I can just wear it with. <laughs> I can just wear it with a pair of tracksuit bottoms if I I want to uh, just have a little lie down. Those are my most comfortable things. Now we're going to give you the power to magically change the industry in one way right now. What would you do? Bring together planning and buying. Cool. Good. And if we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say? I would put the... I I kind of want to put it on the White Coast of Dover at the moment, for obvious reasons, and I would take the line from that poem and I would put it on there. Okay. And... Francis, the, the last question which you cannot prepare for is from Proust's questionnaire. So if you could give me a number between 1 and 24, I will ask you the question if you could answer it to finish us off, please. So 1 and 24. 16. 16 is where would you most like to live? Where's home, home, home for you? Are you a Londoner? Uh, I I have been, but I now live outside of London. But I I would live in Argentina if I could live anywhere. Oh, interesting. What? If I I could speak Spanish, (laughs) because um, uh, went there went there on the way back. So I was in Australia for five years actually um, as well, and uh, we came back the long way. And um, I found that people dance in the streets. They dance in the streets, and not just for uh, you know tourists. They they do it. And uh, they have a fantastic food culture. They talk. I love being on beaches where you can hear, see family groups and they're just all talking like little twittering. Yeah, yeah. I adore that. And um, Hispanic cultures are really like that. Dancing so, in the street sounds like a very good point. More uh, dancing in the street. Let's call for that. Yeah, yeah. And lots of young people, really innovative thinkers as well in, in Latin, Latin America. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Fantastic way to finish. Francis, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.